the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Well, Tuesday edition. Hey! Uh, hey, happy to be here. Hey, good how are you, John? How can I complain? Are you kidding Welcome me? Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for uh, taking care of business oh, while I was gone. Oh, sure, but we all miss you terribly. Very kind of you. Uh, tell us about where you were. Yes. And is there are there any details that you can give us that would not... You know, impinge upon your future vacations. <laughs> well, I hesitate. Yeah, of course you Because do. my vacation spot is like my vacation well, spot. Well, you don't have to tell us in particular right. about the spot. All right, thank what you. What state really? were you in? I was in North Carolina. Okay. And I was at the beach. Okay. And it was isolated and singularly outstanding, beautiful in every aspect. The days were long, hot, and light-filled. Mm. The ocean was at my beck and call. And it couldn't have been better. I was at the ocean generally every morning by 9.30 and left the ocean generally around 7 p.m. So I got my full day of sun. Full day. I uh, had a little wagon with a cart and uh, a cooler with had water and some iced tea, a couple of sandwiches, some salsa and chips, a folding chair, a little beach umbrella to protect me if I wanted to sit in the shade, a good book, and that's all I had to do. That's all I had to do. Uh, and as you know, I tried to stay away from the phone as much sure. as possible. Sure. How'd you do with that? Pretty darn good. Okay, good. You and I communicated almost zero. Very, very little. Mm-hmm. Very little. I only sent you a couple panic text messages because I couldn't have. I needed a phone number right. from someone. But that was pretty much it. Pretty much it. Yeah. And for the most part, said hi. You know, daily to my wife, occasionally, <laughs> occasionally to my children. It's nice. I'm good of you. And everybody else. What about the bird? No, nope, birds on his own. No communication none, with the bird. None whatsoever. Mm. Yeah. I mean, as vacations go, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Okay. Now, we had talked um, about your vacation also in the state of North Carolina a mm-hmm. couple of years ago yeah. when you ended up in the Airbnb with the rooster. Right. Which woke you each morning Early. shrilly four at o'clock. 4 a.m. Yeah. Anything good. like that? Nothing. nothing. No, did you hear the rooster in the no. distance? Was this, no. No. I stayed at a little tiny motel. It's kind of like, you know, out of the 1950s. Okay. A small, like one. I was in room number six, and it was the final room. Six rooms. That in sounds this like motel. a Doris Day movie. Do- door, uh, room number six with John, and uh, clean, small, and very quiet. It met my needs perfectly. What about eating? Uh, eating, you know, I told I told my wife. She's like, you're gonna do this by yourself. You're gonna go off there, and you know, don't spend a lot of money. You know, so I was like super. Super spare. Okay. There's a little a variety store um, uh, next to the place where I stayed. I would go in there and occasionally, uh, I had like one night I had uh, goat cheese and Triscuits. Okay. Um, one night I had a Stouffer's. Uh, fro- French bread pizza. I did. 
Nice. Uh, there was a little uh, little oven in the uh, hotel that I stayed. Okay. Uh, I mean, like stuff like that. Super, super basic. Nothing wow. extravagant. That's all. Any any good snacks that ended up being anything good? Not really. Okay. No chips and salsa. Oh, coconut cookies. Oh, yeah. From Trader Joe's? Uh, no, from the little store that I stayed at. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, Great. We're out the door here. Uh, oh, oh, the heck. Oh, oh. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. No problem. <laughs> I'll put Tom Soroka's with us okay. in a few minutes. Here I am pushing you aside, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, Christians and the Queen's funeral. 101.5 WORD. Propaganda, lawlessness, violence. Seems to me there's big trouble ahead. That's Alan Jackson with a warning. You could have access to all of Alan Jackson's messages by winning an Apple iPad Air, plus hard copies of his books. To enter, log on to our station website, Keyword Trouble. When you log on, you'll receive a free download of a chapter from his new book, Big Trouble Ahead. Register now at wordfm.com slash trouble. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and about the content of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 24th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 24th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. More at Find Your ChristianCollege.com. Being a believer in Christ means a lifelong pursuit of getting to know God better. The devotional book titled God Is examines 26 attributes of God, one short chapter at a time. As you request a copy of the book from Truth For Life today, you'll learn about God's patience, His holiness, His faithfulness, just to name a few. And you'll learn how these characteristics were perfectly displayed in the Lord Jesus. Visit truthforlife.org slash donate. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. Are you ready to deepen your faith on a spectacular nine-day Mediterranean cruise? Join Alistair Begg in August 2023 to renew your vision, purpose, and connection with Christ as Alistair powerfully unpacks God's Word. Explore the biblical landscapes Paul encountered as he shared the gospel along breathtaking cliffside villages. Simply call 855-565-5519 or visit deeperfaithcruise.com for all the details. So, of course, while I was away, I missed a lot of the imagery, the mourning, the celebration of Queen Elizabeth's life. Although you and I were fortunate, we were able to mm-hmm. catch it, uh, the, uh, the video feed, the television feed yesterday. It was fantastic, wasn't it? It really was. 
I mean, I I couldn't get over how, I, you know, I kind of turned it on thinking, well, this is something I should see. And then once I started watching, it was just gripping. Was, we were in church. We were yeah. going to church in a yeah. big, big way. Yeah. Well, you know, I know people have said this a lot. We'll not see the likes of this again. Mm-hmm. But to see a celebration of, of, of the queen's life and the centerpiece is her relationship with Jesus. I couldn't believe it. That was astounding. I know. It was so un-American. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, I shouldn't say it's not un-American, but it's just, it, I, I can't imagine any leader in America being, being so bold. Exactly. Or, you know, dying and having that type of statement at their funeral. Right. I mean, in song, in psalm, in prayer. In preaching. Jesus' name yeah. was proclaimed. Yeah. Which was absolutely fabulous. It really it? was. Fabulous. Yeah. Now, the thing that you missed, well, you missed several things, but um, when her when, when they put her casket on um, the, the gun bo- cart, is that what it was? Well, it was, it made, it was gun made specifically. Is what they called. Yeah. Specifically for, for, gun, for her father, right? No. Well, it was Queen Victoria's. Okay. Yeah. But it was. It was like, like, it was it like a carry gun a, carriage. A, yeah. Like a cannon. But wasn't the, wasn't the flag beautiful? Oh my gosh, the royal standard. Yeah. So her after uh, they've her body uh, came back to London from Scotland, then it processed down. It did the opposite trip it did yesterday. Okay. So, but it was pulled by horses hmm. uh, that time, and you know it was absolutely fascinating for someone who loves animals and is attuned to animals. That was something that, something that she specifically wanted. Mm. She said she really, really wanted horses to be a part of her funeral in that way. Cool. But they said it was really hard to find and train horses for that task to be able to walk that slowly mm. for 40 minutes. That was a long it time. It was a long, long time, but yeah. that was also really beautiful. Wonderful. And then, I, I, of course, I saw the the long march forward was like a mile and a quarter from the gate of Windsor Castle up to the entrance. Mm-hmm. And that was unbelievable because it, it was the sounds of the music and then the gunshots. Uh, this It was so magisterial. Mm-hmm. Be, it befit a queen, right? Yeah, yeah. Father Tom Soroka is with us. Tom's a regular guest on our show here today to talk to us about what Christians can learn from the death of Queen Elizabeth. And Tom, welcome back. Hi, guys. Nice to see you. Good to see you, Tom. So, Tom, John and I were just talking as we were getting um, your uh, connection set up on Zoom about yesterday, about the... um, just the the beautiful nature of all of the events that unfolded in remembering Queen Elizabeth yesterday and how profoundly Christian it was. I, I, I have to say how shocked I was watching it. Yeah, I think that it probably came as a surprise to a lot of people. However, uh, it really shouldn't. I think maybe it's a sign that we have lost this sense of beauty and this sense of majesty, uh, not majesty in the sense of uh, when we when we address a queen or a king by calling them your majesty, uh, but really the the king or the queen is meant to reflect the majesty of God. And I think it's something we as Americans miss. Uh, we, of course, are known as uh, the, the country that sought her independence from the crown, right? Uh, but I think What's really interesting to me as a Christian, and I hope it is to everyone, that there is a kind of tension there. 
we are actually, as Christians, members of a kingdom. We are uh, living under the authority of a king, and that is Jesus Christ. Uh, and this king is the the leader of a kingdom, and we are his subjects. And so for us to understand what that actually means, what does it mean to be a member of a kingdom? Because I think that we can learn a lot from this particular, uh, from her life, from her funeral, about our own Christian faith. Yes. And Tom, I'm glad to have this conversation with you because, you know, of course, no life is without sin. No one is without stain who walks the earth. And of course, you may have been involved, uh, you know, the local brouhaha here uh, on Twitter from the professor at Carnegie Mellon University, who, as the queen was dying, said that she would wish the queen would die an excruciating death. You know, uh, now, uh, that's been covered by local media. It's been all over, you know, up and down the, the metaverse. And, and so on the front page of... Uh newspapers in london right so you you see a person's life and it, it is right to hold someone's life up and, and and of course as the queen was a believer of jesus she herself i'm sure was well aware of her own sins and her own shortcomings but to draw the parallel between a person's sinfulness and the kingdom of god in our own lives and how we somehow you know because we are of course anti-crown in many ways we are we are not of the crown we are divorced from the crown but those parallels work in our lives if we would only sort of see the majesty that we are surrounded by now i don't have really much to say on the tension between a kind of uh, ideology where we view everything through the lens of social justice mm -hmm. um i am certainly not against social justice on the other hand i think that um we have to be able to view someone's life and especially her life uh, through the lens of, you know, what role she played. And she was the leader, even though it was a kind of constitutional monarchy, right? Yeah. She's not an absolute monarch in that sense. Um, you know, and there is a kind of colonial history to the United Kingdom that we can argue about. But if we step back, and we look at, for instance, let's let's talk about her Christian faith in a moment, but let's just talk about what monarchy is. Monarchy, of course, is in decline. Uh, it used to be maybe 100 years ago that there were many, many more countries that were under monarchs than are today. I'm not even sure. I think there's like five kingdoms or something left in the world. Um, and the, the United Kingdom is one of them. But I do think that in a Christian sense and in a biblical sense, the monarchical form of government isn't simply about privilege, and it isn't about being a tourist attraction, as many cynical uh, Brits might think. And, and I think, unfortunately, that's the way some people in America might look at the, uh, the idea of monarchy. But as Christians, I don't think that we have that... Uh, that latitude to really look down on monarchies because, as I said, our entire biblical history is based on, on such a form of government. We only see the idea of monarchy as power, but I think the irony is that this tiny woman, uh, Queen Elizabeth II, exercised her power with great love and devotion to her people, to her land, to God, of course, 
And I think this is maybe the way that we should see her and the, the role of a monarch. A monarch is one who embodies all of the, the best of their, uh, of their homeland. And so she loved the United Kingdom and she loved her people, uh, regardless of the, the political uh, issues that went on. And, and by the way, she, there were countries that they lost during her reign. So it wasn't like they were on a, uh, a, warring, uh, a warring footing yes. all the time. Uh, but I think that monarchs really in the best light, in the best light, they're not perfect. Neither are, by the way, United States presidents perfect. But uh, monarchs love their country and they are seen as one who are blessed or given by God to lead their country in absolute love and dedication. Father Tom Soroka with us from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. If you're watching us on Zoom, and you can, of course, if you log on to YouTube, um, at the word Pittsburgh, you can see Tom sitting in front of a uh, photograph of his beautiful church in McKees Rocks. Um, Tom, what parts of yesterday's uh, service or yesterday's goings-on stuck with you? Well, um, certainly the beauty of it, and I think that's the part of you know her Christian faith, that is so memorable. She had, there is no doubt about it, she had a deep abiding faith in Christ. Um, as a, her official role, she was the head of the Church of England and the Church of Scotland, as uh, King Charles is now. But she, again, as a monarch, she's seen as the protectress of the Christian faith in those countries. She had a deep personal faith in Christ. For instance, at her coronation, uh, she said, pray for me that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I am making to you and that I may faithfully serve him and you, she said to her subjects, all the days of my life. And then she said in December of 2000, for me, the teachings of Christ and my own personal accountability before God provide a framework in which I try to lead my life. This was not a woman who was in it for the glory and the grandeur of living in a palace. Uh, she saw her duty as queen to be fully devoted to God and Christ and to be fully devoted to the people of her country. We only see the riches and the wealth, which are a tremendous temptation. The, the Bible talks about this very, very clearly. But she never lost her faith in God. And also, I, I kind of want to say, maybe from the, the standpoint of the funeral, uh, her whole family was there. She was a daughter. She was a wife. She was a mother. She was a grandmother. And she carried out those duties as daughter, wife, mother, and grandmother with great poise. And by the way, her family was no uh, easy task, right? There's a lot of problems. Most recently, uh, Prince Andrew uh, really got into a, a huge scandal there. She handled that perfectly and beautifully without missing a beat. Unfortunately, she was very well uh, she was very well attuned to dealing with family problems, but she did it with great love and great poise. She loved her country. That was another thing that came out in the funeral. Her, her country, by the way, when she became 18 years old, she wasn't queen yet. She was still a princess. The day she turned 18, 
she enlisted in the army because they were in the middle of World War II. She became a mechanic, and it wasn't like a pretend mechanic. She knew how to take apart an engine and fix an engine. And she gloried in getting her fingers dirty and her hands dirty. And to the, and to really the end of her days, she never let people, when she was out in the country, she never let a, a chauffeur drive her around. She wanted to drive herself. There are famous pictures of her driving her Jeep uh, around. She loved to do that. So she was a kind of rare, gritty uh, person who had the most exalted position but really, she was a devoted Christian and a devoted human being in every single way. And that service, by the way, um, you know, the, the beauty of it is that it got, I, I would say, I would love to see the statistics of who was watching that. I'm sure it was a billion people. But that was a magnificent evangelistic mm -hmm. opportunity to the glory of God, to the, to her devotion in Christ. And uh, that's worth all the, you know, her whole life uh, that, that was worth it just to have that testimony to the gospel of Christ. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, we were talking before you came on and Kath said, you know, you wouldn't see that service in America. Uh, despite, yeah, I, you know, just, I don't think you would. Right. We're, we are. We would say that we are a Christian country, but that outward extension of faith. Yeah, well, you and I think see that. The, hum, the humility to me is at the core of it all, because here is a woman, the great power that she would uh, control. Instead, you know, she gave it over to Christ Jesus first and everything stemmed from that. Yeah, and then, But then as you and we all saw that yesterday. The history of colonialism is really complicated. And sure. I, I want to bring this up to you, Tom, only because I know you're used to dealing with people who come from countries where there's been a lot of suffering, where they've been the victims of an autocratic ruler. Um, they've suffered injustice after injustice after injustice. And so when you, when you honor a ruler like this, people have really complicated memories. So with only a minute left, it's really unfair to make you talk about that in a minute, but just your, your reaction to that? Well, let's go back to Acts chapter 3, right? I mean, the, the church suffered under terrible rulers, but they still prayed for them. Uh, St. Paul in Romans 15 makes this very, very clear that the, the rulers are given to us by God, uh, whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, contrary to popular belief, um, God has a wonderful plan for our life, but sometimes it includes suffering under a tyrant. And uh, being a Christian witness as a martyr to his glorious name. And so, you know, people may suffer under terrible rulers, but um, I think ultimately we have to give glory to God in all circumstances, no matter who the ruler is and no matter how difficult it is. God will be glorified. Amen and amen. Father Tom Soroka, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. Tom, in a few seconds uh, before you leave us, talk to us about St. Nicholas. Oh, we'd love to have you visit uh, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, right across the McKees Rocks Bridge, orthodoxpittsburgh.org. We have Divine Liturgy every Sunday at 10 a.m., all kinds of services. Check out our calendar on our website. We would love to meet you. Fabulous. Tom, always a great pleasure. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. And you as well. We'll take a quick break. We're just getting underway. It's the ride home. Back together again.
Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Wouldn't it be great to work in a place that makes a positive impact on the people, businesses, and churches around you? That place exists. I know because I work there. My name is Cassie, and I'm the Digital Marketing Specialist with Salem Media Group in Pittsburgh. Right now, 101.5 Word FM and Salem Surround have an opening for one talented salesperson to join our team. Is that you? We'll bring the training. You just bring the talent. An understanding of digital marketing and some direct sales experience will definitely help you stand out. What are you waiting for? Take the first step to a career that is challenging, rewarding, and helps to create terrific results for our amazing customers. Join the sales team at Salem Media Group Pittsburgh. Email your resume to brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. That's brad.marshall at salempittsburgh.com. Salem Media Group is an equal opportunity employer. Got issues with youth or high school sports? Positive Coaching Alliance can help. PCA, a national nonprofit, offers more than a 1,000 free online resources for youth and high school sports coaches, parents, students, and administrators. Visit PCADevZone.org. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. An important message from Medicare. Between your doctor visits, taking the right medications at the right times, and following advice from different doctors, managing two or more chronic conditions like high blood pressure, arthritis, or diabetes can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Chronic care management services can help you get the connected care you need by connecting the dots between your medical appointments, pharmacy, and hospital visits. Your doctor will work with you to create a care plan and check in with you between visits, keeping you on track and helping you with your health goals so you can spend more time doing what you love. If you have Medicare, ask your doctor about chronic care management services and get the connected care you need. For more information, visit Medicare.gov and search for chronic care management. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. Increasing cloudiness tonight. We'll see a shower in spots towards dawn. We'll reach a nighttime low of 59. Humid tomorrow with variable cloudiness. Expect a morning shower in spots, then a heavy thunderstorm late in the afternoon, high 83. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, a heavy thunderstorm around in the evening, followed by a couple of showers late. Below 61, a passing shower Thursday morning, otherwise breezy and cooler with partly sunny skies, the high only 65. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon. Hearty congratulations to the Polish restaurant in Bloomfield, which I don't really think of as Bloomfield. I think of it as it's on Penn Avenue. I think of it as more like Garfield into Lawrenceville right. type of thing. But anyway, Apteca has made the top 50 restaurants that the New York Times is excited about. That's wild. Okay, How so it's a vegan that? Polish restaurant. Mm-hmm. 
Who would have thought? And I've never been there. And I feel like I've this let, is right up your alley. I feel like I've let my countrymen down. Mm-hmm. I mean, for goodness sake. Pierogies are on the menu, exactly. right? Yeah. If they're not, yeah. it's not a very good Polish restaurant. Polish restaurant. Um, the restaurant has, has served a fully vegan menu since 2016. Co-chefs, co-owners, and life partners Kate Lasky and Tomas Skoronski, mm. um, this is according to the New York Times, build depth, texture, and flavor with fermentation, ingenuity, and cultured nut milk as lush as creme fraiche. What? Yep, that's what Brett Anderson wrote for the Times. Mm-hmm. The produce-driven food is shaped in part by Mr. Skoronski, a son of Polish immigrants. He grew up visiting relatives with abundant gardens in and around Warsaw. Now, the article went on to say that if you're not a vegan, don't worry, because if you show up and eat there, you will not notice anything missing. Fabulous. Okay, speaking of pierogies, uh, we have offer a hearty congratulations to our own Kenny Woods, who today is celebrating his 42nd wedding anniversary photograph of him and his lovely wife with a pierogi. And a Mrs. T pierogi. Mm -hmm. I did not know, and I said this, that he went to a Polish Reformed church, but apparently they did. Is that true? No, it's not true. Okay. Just there, there's the photograph of the three of them. I really like seeing Kenny, his sweet wife, and the pierogi. <laughs> Which pierogi is? Is that uh, Ch- Chester? No, it's Mrs. T's. So uh, I, I'm not sure what that is. Well, they're all Mrs. T's. Oh, right. All the all the pierogies at It's not Nancy Hannah. Park. It must be Chester Cheese. Is it Chester Cheese? Cheddar Chester? No, Chester Cheese. 101.5 WORD. Where things are really cooking, as well as baking, frying, and grilling. Got a favorite recipe you'd like to share? A longtime favorite family recipe. It could win you a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. If you love being around a hot stove. Being in the kitchen, cooking, I really love that. Enter the Your Favorite Recipe sweepstakes today. Not only could you win lots of new cookware and cutlery, but your recipe could be published. Just go to wordfm.com slash yummy. That's wordfm.com slash yummy. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Celebrate fall during Community Market Days at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse. Every Saturday from 11 to 3, Bedner's has plenty to enjoy, including local goods and vendors, a food truck, live music, wine tastings, cooking and gardening workshops, DIY and kids activities, plus everything you need for your fall gardening and decor with fresh cut pumpkins, gourds, corn stalks, mums, and lots more. Community Market Days, every Saturday at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse and McDonald. Visit Bedner'sGreenhouse.com. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is...
is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. The following interview was originally broadcast at an earlier date. I don't know about you, but I love a dinner party. Do you not love a dinner party? I mean, I love a dinner party. Fabulous. You, you and I have been to a lot of dinner parties. Yes, we today. have. And you look forward to many things, right? Of course, the food, but then the company is the key. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, you've got hours and hours to sort of meander and wander. Yeah, and but it can be, it can, the, the night can be too long if you have, if you're there with bad guests. Well, that's the art. But if you're there with good guests, then it's like it goes by in a flash. Yep. The skill of assembling the dinner party. Alyssa Wilkinson is with us. She's a regular guest on our show. And she has a skill at assembling a dinner party. Yes, she does. She's got a brand new book out that we love. It's called Salty, Lessons on Eating, Drinking, and Living from Revolutionary Women. Alyssa is a columnist, a a culture and food religion reporter at Vox.com. She used to write for Christianity Today, but she's with us today to talk about the dinner party. Hey, Alyssa, welcome back. Thanks. It's great to be here. We're so excited about this book, Alyssa. I mean, it's <laughs> super fun. It's super fun. You're a great writer, and you're like the perfect person to kind of introduce me to these women <laughs> who you've invited to this party. Um, and because I think you're interesting, I'm probably going to think they're interesting. Um, so let's talk about the assembling of them. So in the Brooklyn Museum, you write that's not far from where you live. There's a great, uh, well-known piece of art called the dinner party, uh, first on exhibition in 1979. Tell us about it. Yeah, that's a, a, it's a piece called the dinner party. It's by this, um, artist, Judy Chicago, who you may remember from your, from your art history classes way back in the day, but um, she created this kind of long, uh, three long tables put together into like a triangle, and then there's a place setting for each of them. And they're all kind of, you know, it's 1979, so she's kind of thinking about women who've been left out of history. So this was everyone from Emily Dickinson to Mary Wollstonecraft, you know, to Georgia O'Keeffe and Hildegard of Bingen, the the saint. And so the idea is you kind of walk around the table and you see all these names and maybe some of them are familiar to you and others aren't. Um, But aside from the sort of things she was trying to say at history, it's also just a really good way to catch up on like people you should know about. And that's a little bit of the approach that I took to creating Salty and figuring out who who was going to be in it. Fabulous. So Alyssa, in your introduction to the book, you write, at first when I started thinking about this book, I wanted to write about how to make a great party. But then I realized something. I was more interested in actually throwing a party, introducing people to women I think of as my friends, even though I've never met any of them. And it's fascinating. I mean, each 
chapter of the book, you do truly, fully introduce us to nine interesting women. Yeah, I mean, the idea was that you would find them interest, as interesting at the end of each chapter as I do. I, I've talked to a lot of people about the book, of course, in the years that I've been working on it, and nobody has said, oh, I know who all nine of those women are. And in fact, some of them... A lot I of them, I, I got to well. be honest, I think um, perhaps a majority of them I didn't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, my grandmother just messaged me and said, wow, I, I never even heard of Ella Baker. But, you know, right. I was growing up in Boston in the time that she was, um, you know, traveling around talking to people during the civil rights movement. So there's just a lot of really interesting people out there, I think, who we don't hear about because we often hear about the same figures from history over and over again. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that you had a sense of who they were. And then sometimes the best way to meet a person is through sharing a meal with them. So I came at it from the perspective of what they have to say to us about food and drink and hospitality and all of those things. Interesting. Okay, so you, you talk initially about a woman who I loved reading about, uh, Edna Lewis, who mm -hmm. uh, a black woman who in, mm -hmm. in many ways sort of introduced uh, New York society to Southern food. Now, you know, and you talk about this, yeah. you say, you know, at the time, Southern food was, you know, mostly, oh, not to, you know, disparage you know, the, the Southern lifestyle, but it was poor people food in a way, right? I mean, it was biscuits and gravy or, or chitlins and things like that. And then so here's Edna Lewis. She comes to New York City and all these, you know, Southern expats, like someone like Truman mm -hmm. Capote goes, oh, my goodness, I've discovered home again. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yeah. You know, and she was remarkable for many reasons. When she knew Truman Gapote and Tennessee Williams and all of these people, she was um, the head chef at a restaurant on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And this is while segregation is still official policy in most of the U.S. And so it was very, very unusual. Even, I shouldn't say even in New York, maybe especially in New York, for a black woman to be head chef in a kitchen, um, you know, and kind of a partner in the business. So, yeah, she was she was doing that. And, you know, it was a lot of prejudice um, against Southerners that was especially evident in the North. Um, this is in the early part of the 20th century. And so for her to bring Southern food in was to introduce something to um, people who hadn't experienced it and also to subtly change the way that they thought about Southern people, especially black people from the South. Her life is totally fascinating. And the last restaurant that she uh, cooked at in New York is actually just reopened um, really? somewhat near where I live in Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, Gage and Tolner. And it's, you know, it's a it's a famous old restaurant, but it's kind of exciting to see her legacy live on. What I love about her is that, you know, she was a foodie before there was a foodie thing, right? And so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and the Southern thing now, of course, you know, it's everywhere. It's international. Right. But, you know, there she was in her own small kitchen. She sort of, you know, ignited the spark. Yeah, that's right. You know, and she she then went on to write some cookbooks, um, the most famous of which and one that I would totally recommend to anyone is called A Taste of Country Cooking or The Taste of Country Cooking. I keep making that mistake. Um, and it is the story of her family, but with lots and lots and lots of recipes. And her grandfather was formerly enslaved. And when he w became a freedman, he and another freed, um, freed slave started a a town in Virginia where she grew up. And so it's full of remembrances of her life there mm. um, and the community there. And it's just like a really incredible read, but also 
the recipes are, are totally doable with modern ingredients, which isn't always true of cookbooks from the mid-20th century. Hmm. Alyssa Wilkinson is a film culture and food writer, currently the senior culture reporter at Vox.com, assistant professor at the King's College, and she has written such a terrific book. And I love the cover. Mm-hmm. I love the cover. It's called Salty <laughs> Lessons on Eating, Drinking, and Living from Revolutionary Women. So um, if you're just joining us, Alyssa has created you know a make-believe dinner party and has invited you, if you choose to read the book, to the table, along with some famous women, including Hannah Arendt, Edna Lewis, Maya Angelou, Laurie Cohen. Some of these names are going to sound familiar. Some probably aren't going to sound familiar. Um, But the idea of it is that food breaks down barriers, right? That's one of the things I took away uh, from it. Mm -hmm. And so for any of us who've traveled, you know, out of our own area, but especially if you go overseas, one of the ways you really get to know people is to eat with them and to eat what Mm -hmm. they eat and to eat how they eat. Um, And so talk about that, like how you work that out in your imagination and what you think Mm -hmm. that adds to your book. Yeah, I mean, what it really added, I think, is one particular chapter, um, which is about the writer Elizabeth David, who is a British writer, who is sort of, you know, not unlike Edna Lewis. She's actually kind of responsible for introducing um, Italian and Mediterranean cooking to England. <laughs> Before her time, it was very suspect, and but she had spent a lot of time there um, in in the Mediterranean, and when she returned to England, she felt kind of desolate. It was, you know, it was right after the war. There was still rationing and austerity and it was just cold and wet and gross. And she was thinking about her time in Italy and in Egypt and in other places in the Mediterranean. And she started writing about the food of these other cultures, which her her own fellow countrymen would have viewed with suspicion because food from Southern Europe was considered to be, you know, the food of like immigrants and poor people, sort of the same, the same thing. And she really dug into it and said, no, like this is this is incredible, an incredible way to eat, you know, these incredible fresh ingredients. Hmm. And now if you're in England, you know, you have no trouble finding like tomatoes and garlic and olive oil, but you absolutely would have at that time. And I think that part of what she just did was sort of extend this hospitality to her readers and to the people who she knew best, which were English people and say like, you know, this, this is worth exploring. It can enrich your life and learning the way of another culture um, is a way of, you know, kind of being grateful for the rich variety that's out there. So it was, it's a pretty phenomenal story. Interesting. So, Alyssa, you know, you're like a, a lot of, of, of Christians and that, you know, you, you grew up in a home. I'm reading about you and, you know, uh, food was, you know, not necessarily um, a, a, a foodie thing. It wasn't something, you know, yeah. when, holy smokes, this is, I can't believe I'm eating this. You know, food and right. for, for a lot of like, and even to this day, I mean, friends of mine, you know, they look at food as kind of like a utilitarian thing and they, they just eat it for mm-hmm. sustenance and there's no you know i mean it's 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 a joy but you know you in that household growing up the way you know you you were raised with your parents and not disparaging your parents at all because you know that's mm-hmm. just how it was you've taken it to a different level your relationship with food yeah that's right i mean you know we didn't have a lot of money when i was growing up and we had some health problems in my family and my parents just were very focused on making sure that we were fed nutritious food and that we weren't eating junk or anything like that. So that was great. But, um, you know, when I, I moved to New York when I was just out of college and one really nice thing about living in the city um, or any city is that I was surrounded by all kinds of cuisines and all kinds of ways to be inventive and imaginative with food. And that doesn't mean expensive or fancy. Mm-hmm. It just means knowing the difference between 
you know, two really good olive oils and actually tasting the difference and realizing that the place the olives are from changes the the taste of the oil. Like, that's incredible. And I think for Christians in particular, it should be really exciting, right? Because it shows, like, the rich variety of creation and the things that God for whatever reason, just decided to let the world do, even though he didn't need to at all. So um, so I found that to be like a really fun thing to explore. And then, you know, the older I've gotten, I've been traveling. I just got back from uh, a few months in Europe, and it, it's really wonderful to see the rich variety of things and then bring them home and try to incorporate them into my own life, you know, whether it's just having an espresso after lunch or something like that. But, you know, it's it's a new way of living and thinking. Yeah, and so I would imagine, you know, like my wife's a cook. She's a good cook. Mm-hmm. And so I'm the benefactor of all that. I mean, the, I'm the beneficiary of all that, I should say. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and I'm sure your husband as well, you know, you bring yeah. to the table and he goes, holy smokes, this is fabulous. Yeah, he, he definitely enjoys it. I do love to cook. So it's always really great when I can find the time and make something really fun. You know, last summer when we were home for most of the summer we um we subscribed to a csa for oysters that came down from maine oh. so every week we would go pick up oysters and we learned all kinds of things about seafood it was oh. it was really lovely um wow a good time yeah <laughs> good memories we're talking about the new book called salty lessons on eating drinking and living from revolutionary women author Alyssa wilkinson Alyssa, tell us about your trip to europe where did you go what was it like what did you eat Oh, goodness. Um, I started in Cannes um, in the south of France for the film festival. And then um, we went on vacation. We went to Rome and then we went to Venice. Um, Venice has the most incredible tradition there, which some of your listeners may know about, which is eating cicchetti. So around what we would call happy hour, the uh, the cicchetti spots, which are like little snack bars, pop out um little cheap glasses of wine or maybe like a small glass of beer or a spritz. And then also these little, I don't know how to describe them, except there are these slices of bread and different chiquetti stores come up with their own things to put on top. So you might get like fresh caught fish or prosciutto or some ricotta that they made in house. And so you go in and you, you select which slices you want and then you go outside and it felt like the whole town was on the water eating them. And then we went up to France. And then we went to Bruges. Oh, you did? And oh. We did. So we had waffles and chocolate and, you know, <laughs> it was great. And yes, and frites, of course, obviously. We had frites and muffles. And then, um, yeah, and then we came back to Paris for, for a week um, before we came home. Oh, my gosh. Okay, Alyssa. So, that, so it, it, when you were leaving and knowing that you were about to do this, did you just say to your husband, okay, we're just going to eat and we'll worry about, the, you know, the weight gain <laughs> later? Oh, yes, that is exactly what we did. We said, you know, people would say, oh, what are you going to do in Venice? And we're like, eat. (laughs) That's all we're going to do. You know, we spent a lot of time in Paris, so we really like being able to find new places. Um, And we ate, you know, Georgian food, like from the country of Georgia. We had all kinds of incredible food. And in Rome, you can get great Jewish food. Mm -hmm. So we really had a, you know, we had a a feast and we were like, we'll just, we'll worry about it. we get back and indeed he uh, he he started swimming again now that we got back and i have started running again and you know feasting is is a part of life as much as anything else excellent okay so now that you know you've written this book and and, you know this is the life you're living when you go visit your parents um you know and and they're still eating the way that they're eating do they look at you and they think oh my goodness i've raised a mormon i have no idea who you are (laughs) 
No, I uh, I love to cook for my family. I actually, on several occasions, have um, offered to cook Christmas Eve dinner, um, which is like sort of a tradition in my family to go out. And a couple times I've said, let me cook. And everyone's always a little skeptical, and then they seem to enjoy it <laughs> afterwards. So I would say my grandfather's the pickiest eater in the family, and even he has kind of come around on uh, on trying new things. Yeah, so, good job. You know, we do what we can. <laughs> that is wonderful. Well, speaking of wonderful, this book really is salty lessons on eating drinking and living from revolutionary women Alyssa wilkinson thanks for being with us this is really terrific thank you thank right. you so much yeah it's our great pleasure listen uh follow Alyssa on uh, social media she's on twitter often she's a great follow and uh, vox.com and go to venice there. and rome yeah. paris and eat Rouge. well and do that with good people when it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and about the content of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 24th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 24th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. More at FindYourChristianCollege.com. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. My nephew is obsessed with treasure hunting. We watched that National Treasure movie where the hero solves all the ridiculous puzzles on his way to finding treasure. And ever since, he's been hiding painted rocks in the backyard and making treasure maps. In the movie, the hero has to find a clue inside a glacier, steal the Declaration of Independence, and outsmart the FBI. But for you, you happen to be living in a moment arguably unlike any other, where your home went and grew hidden treasure on its own over the last few years. Home values have gone nuts leaving most of us with a significant opportunity to do a cash-out refinance and to use that newfound treasure for life. Many use it for credit card or high-interest debt or to just help with a difficult financial time. Many others use it for home projects, vacations, or treasure-hunting gear. If you're curious what's hiding in your home, we are United, United Faith Mortgage. Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a lesson 1330. That's the Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. When I was in high school, 
we would hang out at a uh, local restaurant that I'm not going to name. Not because I don't like it, but just because I don't, you know, I don't have their permission to tell the stories. When you say you hang out, what? Well, you know, you know when like you're soda in, when you're when you're in high school. It wasn't a soda fountain; it was a restaurant, but it was a place that was open 24 hours. Oh yeah, sure. and so we would go there after a dance or yeah. after a game, and we'd just sit Get there, some fries. And talk, right? Exactly, yeah, something yeah. really disgusting for you, Cheap. And, exactly, mm-hmm. and then own the booth, exactly. But because we were there so late, we ended up seeing how they cleaned up the salad bar. Whatever it was. And it wasn't that they cleaned it up badly. It was just how much food was there mm. that was going to go in the garbage. It, every day. It was shocking. Yeah. It was absolutely shocking. Now, here's the thing. At that point, it, a salad bar is a little is a different situation because it's been out for a while. So maybe it should become compost at that point. Wait, there's my macaroni salad. <laughs> Hold so, on. I hate macaroni salads. So I love a macaroni salad. Don't throw oh that away. Oh, my God. We need the macaroni oh, salad. Oh, nobody. Anyway. I'd have been there every night. Anyway, um, but it that was the first time I started thinking about food waste mm. in high school because you just, part of you just recoils at that. Did you know for certain it was going to go away? I didn't know, but I assumed it was going uh, in the dumpster because yeah, yeah. I didn't know where else it was going. So since then, especially if I'm at a Panera late at night, right? Or I'm somewhere else. You and you start to see they're gonna, you know, gather up all the bread that they. And you think, where's that going? Right. Is that going in the garbage? Anyway, there's an article in today's New York Times that is really interesting. It is about that exact thing. What happens to the food that restaurants are getting rid of and people who are like stepping into the gap? Are you ready? Yeah. Starts with a story about Maricela Godinez. She's the owner of a Mexican restaurant in Austin, Texas. Every day at 2 p.m., she used to fill a 12-gallon bucket plus another half bucket with leftover food from the all-you-can-eat buffet. She said, we threw out so much food. Mm. But a few months ago, she signed up to use an app called Too Good To Go. And now, 10 customers pick up, quote-unquote, surprise bags of her leftovers for $5.99, and she sends far fewer scraps to the landfill. Too good to go. Too app. good to go. That's the app. Really? Okay. So apparently around the country, there are all sorts of apps that are popping up that are connecting customers to businesses with leftover food. Interesting. Okay. And so the concept is obviously simple. You don't want to see all that food thrown away. Yeah. And people are suffering with the you know inflationary cost of sure, food. Sure, sure. So is there something that could meet both needs, and apparently there is, because these apps are taking off. Oh, I love it. Um, Similar apps have popped up around the world in the last five years. Singapore, in Hong Kong, in Japan, the article talks about what those look like. Um, Flash Food is an organization that launched in Toronto five years ago and now works with 1,400 supermarkets in the U.S. and Canada. Really? Okay. So when food is nearing its expiration date, rather than throwing it out, they scan products into the flash food app and they can sell them for half price. And so you can go on the app and you can kind of browse through the items apparently and purchase them, you know, do whatever. Some stores like uh, Too Good To Go, which is the one I mentioned at the beginning, they like to make it into a game. And so they do surprise bags. So you either pay four bucks or you pay six bucks and you get a surprise bag. You have no idea what it's going to be. <laughs> so like this it. one woman, uh, her name's Jennifer, tax analyst in Austin, Texas, said she got a surprise bag. She said it's kind of like adult trick-or-treating. <laughs> 
So she got, like, one time she got seven so- soggy tacos and a chicken sandwich that mm. she had to crisp up in her air, fire, air fryer. Um, one time she got two dozen extra large sausages. Another time she got seven separate orders of cupcakes, cinnamon rolls, cookies, croissants, pie. She got falafel one day. She said, it's actually a total game to me. I can't wait to see what I'm going to get. Now, of course, always you wonder about the liability issue. Right. All I can say is it seems to be working because it's operating in 15 countries in Europe, and it's already a huge hit. Nice. Reducing food waste through the app. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Blood never lies. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Herschel Walker continues to gain ground over his Democrat opponent in the race for U.S. Senate seat in Georgia. A new poll released by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution now has Walker leading his Democrat opponent, incumbent Raphael Warnock, 46 to 44 percent. A big stride for the former NFL star. The same poll a month ago had Warnock leading by three points. The five-point turnaround comes as GOP campaign officials predicted Walker would turn on the afterburners following the Labor Day holiday. The poll falls within the margin of error. If neither candidate wins 50 percent of the vote in November, the race will be settled by a runoff election. Bob Agner reporting. Hurricane Fiona blasting the Turks in Caicos Islands as a Category 3 storm after devastating Puerto Rico. And on Wall Street, the Dow is down 418 points, the Nasdaq off 131. This is SRN News. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, just watching your hard-earned dollars flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option. It's called MediShare 65+. Plus. And MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. It really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years, and you can use your Medicare-approved doctor, and you also get telehealth 24-7 service, so you don't have to leave your home for the little stuff. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're easy to talk to. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Research shows listeners prefer a personalized experience. So to help you remember, Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance. We personalize this ad for Amber, who really misses boy bands from the 90s. Hey, girl. (laughs) I'm the cute one. Here to tell you how Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. I'm the heartthrob. The only thing I love more than you is saving. And I'm the other boy in the band everyone forgot about. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. You're not who you were 25 years ago. Your life's more complex. People change, families change, and the law changes. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. And a proper estate plan should keep up with those changes. 
That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer, someone who's really good at making complex concepts sound so simple, so you can protect what's yours and to ensure that your will is done. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were yelling at another car while driving, let me say it again. You need to calm down. Yelling is just making everyone as stressed out as you are and letting them all know that you definitely aren't trying to save with Progressive Snapshot. <clears throat> and if you did hear it the first time because you weren't yelling at another car, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Increasing cloudiness tonight. We'll see a shower in spots towards dawn. We'll reach a nighttime low of 59. Humid tomorrow with variable cloudiness. Expect a morning shower in spots, then a heavy thunderstorm late in the afternoon, high 83. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, a heavy thunderstorm around in the evening, followed by a couple of showers late below 61. A passing shower Thursday morning, otherwise breezy and cooler with partly sunny skies, the high only 65. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon. Portions of the following program have been pre-recorded. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Tuesday edition of The Ride Home. Welcome back, John. Thank you. Happy to be back. Good grief. Mm -hmm. You were gone a long time. We want to welcome you (laughs) with fanfare. Thank you. I was gone a long time, was I? Well, I'm glad that you ended up in a beautiful place. And I, I talk to you every day because you decided to send me one beach picture mm-hmm. just to make me a little sick at heart i try not to hurt no, you, hurt I know. your feelings but, but but you have to be honest about who you are i have to share the beauty is what i'm trying are. to do that's right. all uh-huh. really i mean the, the, my favorite picture is the the beach chair in front of this wide expanse of sky i mean there was nobody there there's nobody there and that's the beauty of going in off september season. yeah that's a really great really idea. you know is. i've never done that oh it's excellent it's prices are good the weather's still idea. the same very, very nice indeed. So well, thank you. Happy well, to be back, we're very though. very glad you're back. Thank you. This time last week, I was on the beach. <laughs> That's sad, isn't now it? Now I'm here looking at you, sure. which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's sad, which is fine. It's good. I mean, jeez. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, we, we missed the top four at four uh, because yeah, I, was, I was you know, new to radio yeah, and just trying to figure things out. <laughs> So, uh, without further ado, Kathy, you always got the uh, the updates on news around the world well, and the country. People who usually listen in the 5 o'clock hour are like, what is this? What segment? is this? Okay, so without further ado, please give us a top four at four. Except it's at five. At five. It's the top four at five. <laughs> For Tuesday, September 20th, 2022. Number one, John, a nighttime bus crash that killed 27 people in southwest China this week has set up a storm of anger online over the harshness of the COVID-19 policies in China. The initial police report did not say who the passengers were and where they were going, but later it was discovered that they were being herded onto the bus to be sent to a quarantine zone. 
The bus with 47 people on board crashed at 2.40 a.m. on Sunday. City officials announced only many hours later that the passengers were, quote, under medical observation, which confirmed reports that they were being taken to quarantine. There is a ton of public anger in China right now over the draconian COVID-19 policies. We thought it was bad here. It is super, super bad there. Um, Officials in that part of China announced that the city would, quote, achieve societal zero COVID by Monday. Which means that the virus is just no longer spreading. It's just they've conquered it. Really? And so because they need to say they've conquered it at, by any means necessary. We're scooping people up and throwing them on buses. That's from CBS News. Number two. A federal judge has set the trial date for the man accused of killing 11 people in 2018 at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Squirrel Hill. The jury selection process will begin April 24th. That happened October 27th of 2018. It is currently 2022, and we are still, and these families are still going through this. Due process. Just, a fair and speedy trial. The U.S. Attorney's Office is seeking the death penalty despite pleas from some of the victim's families to allow this man to plead guilty in exchange for a sentence of life in prison. Yeah. The Department of Justice rejected that offer. Number three. I've got a weird animal story to welcome you hey, back, John. thank you. And it's number three, not four. Nice. Researchers have worked out an estimate for the number of ants crawling around on earth the total is astounding tell me how many are you ready 20 quadrillion that's a two with 16 zeros yes the combined weight of the ants on earth is more than all of the wild birds and mammals on the planet (laughs) who figures this stuff out a uh university in hong kong 20 quadrillion yes the weight is also equal to about one-fifth the total weight of humans. What? That's how many ants there are. They're present in nearly all ecosystems around the planet thanks to their extremely social nature. At the moment, there are more than 15,700 named species and subspecies. That is cool. Scientists say that is between 2 and 20 times higher than any previous estimate. Wow. God is good. CBS. Isn't he? Fabulous. That's super weird. And I number four... An executive of a vegan food products company has been charged with felony battery and making a terroristic threat after a fracas outside a football game in which he's accused of biting a man's nose. And I bring this up only because of the irony of it. It's the Beyond Meat chief operating officer, Doug Ramsey. Beyond Meat is what he does all day long. But instead, he ended up in a road rage attack outside Saturday's football game. What? Yep. Beyond Meat COO bit another man's nose. Mm, mm-hmm. That is the end of it all. You're tough for at five. Had a little urge for a nose. Isn't that really? That's disgusting. Isn't that wretched? Wait, so there was somebody cut somebody off. Mm-hmm. Guys get out of their car. Yep. They get into a fight. Mm-hmm. Then somebody and bites the beyond, somebody's nose. The Beyond Meat guy went for the guy's nose. Mm, uh-huh. mm, that is not a pretty yeah, sight. Yeah, he did. It was yeah. pretty ugly. The cop said when they showed up, it was bad. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably will not be the CEO long. Well, do you think? I I do believe it. It does win the award for most ironic. Yes, it does. Uh You ever been bitten? Anybody ever? I've been bitten in two consecutive Christmas days. (laughs) Under the mistletoe. I was wait. I was bitten by two different dogs, both named Buttons. (laughs) What? Yep. Consecutive Christmas days, mm-hmm. two different buttons show up and both dogs bite you. Exactly. What are the odds? Terrible. <laughs>
Very low. What's happened to buttons? Uh, he, they, well, the one was close to death. Oh. And then the second one took his place, had the same name, and just lived for a long time. Really? So the same family had the same, mm-hmm. oh, I see. Why would you name your same dog the same? I don't know, but they they wanted to. Buttons. I had buttons a, there one was another family two. I knew who they they had golden retrievers, and every time they got a new one, they just named the, the same, same name. Same name. That seems a little inhumane, doesn't a, it? A little bit. It doesn't really require a lot of individuality for the said species. Of Have the you dog. ever been bitten by a dog? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. by by a, a guy. Yeah. You've been bitten by a person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was it road rage? No, it was bar rage. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a whole other story, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Let's move on from there. What's up next? we got lots going on here on the ride home. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's 101.5 Word FM. We are W-O-R-D. W-O-R-D. I won! I won! Yes! And we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes updates. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes updates. Mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. If you owe the IRS 10000 or more in taxes, please listen to this important message. The IRS is aggressively hiring and quickly ramping up their tax collection team. Act now and protect yourself with a call to Tax Alliance. Don't let the money you owe the IRS keep you up at night and ruin your life. You may be surprised at how much having Tax Alliance on your side can protect you from the IRS collections and help you save thousands on what you owe. Here's what a customer had to say. Tax Alliance did an amazing job helping me through a quite difficult situation saving me tens and thousands of dollars that I would have been paying for many years to come. Tax Alliance is rated A-plus with a Better Business Bureau with no consumer complaints. If you owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes, have unfiled returns, or have a payment plan and are still frustrated, call Tax Alliance now for a free consultation. 800-987-1054. 800-987-1054. That's 800-987-1054. Tax Alliance, your tax resolution solution. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat. One of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. We were on vacation when my four-year-old son woke up with a very high fever. We were scared and we had to find an emergency room immediately. In an unfamiliar city in the middle of the night, we had no idea where to go. One in five children will visit an emergency room this year. But did you know that some ERs are more prepared for pediatric emergencies than others? But there is help. The new Find ER Now app will quickly locate the closest ER and show which are more likely to be prepared for your child. It was a terrifying night for us, but because we already had the Find ER Now app, my son got the care he needed. Now, no matter where I am, I always feel prepared. Whether at home or traveling, The Find ER Now app will have your family prepared in an emergency. To learn more or to download the app, text Find ER Now, that's F-I-N-D-E-R-N-O-W to 51555, or go to ourbabyfoundation.org. 
That's the letter R, babyfoundation.org. The following interview was originally broadcast at an earlier date. Yesterday afternoon, Kath and I played just a, a little bit of hooky. There was a 1230 baseball game down at PNC Park. And so we caught the first at uh, six innings, right? Yeah, it went really fast. It was nice, unexpected. I thought we'd, you know, sometimes you think, oh, we're going to catch three innings. You yeah. never know how long it's going to be. The game has increased a little bit of the pace. I li- Listen, I really enjoyed it. It was such a great game. Sad that we didn't get to see the epic ending. Right, but, but we still, still saw a win. We loved it. So uh, on the out, uh, outfield scoreboard in right field, the Clemente scoreboard, gigantic swath of, uh, of uh, it space. It is huge. It really is huge. I would say, was it the uh, fifth inning? We saw uh, a pro-Jesus message, right? What did it yep. say, Kath? It said, uh, Jesus, well, wait, the first one I saw was um, Jesus forgives errors. <laughs> yeah. And the second one was uh, Jesus still believes with two outs, two in, outs the in the bottom of the ninth. Mm-hmm. This is part of something called the He Gets Us campaign. Now, Pittsburgh is going to be impacted by this. And, of course, many cities and towns across the country are. A $100 million campaign to help demystify and to depoliticize who Jesus Christ is and was. Jason Vanderground is with us. He is the president of Haven. It's a, a marketing design company that has really put this in place. And, Jason, thanks for coming along today. Yeah, thanks, John. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah, Jason, um, this is an incredible campaign. I mean, not only have I seen it all over uh, digital media, but I saw it, you know, at the ballpark, like John said yesterday. Um, Let me first ask you, um, how did this come about? Who approached you for the project? Yeah, so we started with a problem statement, and it was was, how did the world's greatest love story become known as a hate group? And so... You know, Jesus said, people are going to know that you're following me by the way that you love other people. And, you know, then he gave us a model for how we should do that. And, um, you know, I think sometimes when people look at Christianity, they, they just see, they, they believe it's against them and, uh, that it's, that it's anti them. It's really not. And, uh, so that's what we're trying to do is just get people's attention. It's amazing how much people see what's happening at the Pirates game. And, uh, we have, We've been partnering with four Major League Baseball teams. The Pirates are one of them, and we really appreciate their support. But the White Sox and the Rangers, uh, and and the it's been great. It's It's been really great to see people reacting. A lot of times they're just surprised. They're like, did I just see a Jesus ad uh, at the ballgame? And uh, that's a great place to start a conversation. Excellent. Demystify and depoliticize Jesus. So, uh, Jace, talk about this. I mean, uh, $100 million is a lot of money for a campaign. I mean, that goes an awful long way. What about the, the, the creative process? You know, who gathers in a room or over Zoom and starts, you know, throwing spitballs against the wall? Yeah. So it, it sounds like a lot, but then when you look at, you know, like Amazon is the biggest advertiser in our country. They spend like $7 billion a year or State Farm $3 billion, or Geico is too, you know. So um, there, there's hundreds of billions of dollars spent on advertising. And so it's still, it sounds like a lot, and it is a lot, but you have to be really smart about how you use it. And one of the ways to be smart is just to talk to people a lot. And, and so we do a lot of research about what resonates with people and it's amazing what the american public likes about jesus is they see a value system that he represented that he was somebody who was able to to seek and and make peace that was welcoming accepting and loving to all and those are four values 
that people want for themselves and their families and their neighbors, and they see those things in Jesus, whether they would call themselves Jesus followers or not. There's, and so we're just trying to look at the commonality there, and then we find little pieces of life from American life, like the things that you were mentioning around the ball game, and then things from Jesus' life. We just keep putting those together and trying to make Jesus somebody that is very relatable because he went through all the same things that we're going through now. Right. Because the truth is, I mean, it's sad, Jason, that we have to say this, but Jesus is relatable. You know, it's not like he needs a PR campaign to do it. He is. It's just that we've screwed it up so badly. Um, all of us, especially, it seems, right now in this country. So I'm hearing from you, Jason, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're kind of trying to win the conversation back. I think we're trying to restart a conversation. And, you know, what we've found is that um, the first place to start is with respect. And so I think once people understand that you respect them as individuals, no matter who they are or what they've done, you know, we have a spot called Dinner Party. And, you know, Jesus, Jesus told a story about, you know, going out and inviting people who other people wouldn't invite to a party. You know, Jesus spent a lot of his time hanging out with people that we can tend to try to avoid sometimes. And so he said, make a dinner party out of people that have no, they don't have anywhere else to go. And um, so everybody's welcome. Everybody's respected by him, no matter who they are or what they've done. And they can interact with him. And so respect and personal relevancy of Jesus is, is what we're focused on. And we feel like if we can start a relationship there uh, and just be patient and allow you know God to work, um, you know that that's a that's a great spiritual journey for someone to be on. Yeah, I mean, allowing God to work, and and what I love about it, you know, again, we'll go back to the ballpark because that's where we saw this. You know, just the other day, it's a gigantic ad, and it's almost uh, Jason, it's a, a wink. Um, it's it's fun. It's lighthearted. You, you're not you know you know shouting fire and brimstone at someone. You know, and uh, hell is coming. And, and this an invitation to have that conversation online, right? You say come online, and people are, are willing to have this a, a little deeper. Yeah, it lists the website right there. He gets us dot com, and people, if they want to chat, they can text for prayer or positive vibes, whichever whichever they're really looking for at the moment. However, they think of it. Uh, they can get connected with something. Maybe they want to have coffee and say, hey, I saw this banner about Jesus. Like, I think it was about Jesus. And a lot of times it's just kind of surprise or pleasant surprise. And then, but we let the, the receiver really determine how they want to engage. We just try to make it available to them mm-hmm. and then let them take it from there. Fabulous. So it's one thing seeing it at home, you know, if it goes across my computer screen or whatever. But um, we were in the ballpark this week Mm -hmm. and we heard real life conversation about it, which is really what you're looking Uh for. Right. And so, John, you heard it first because you were at the ballgame the other night. Yeah, uh, I went with a guy and he's not a believer. And of course, there it is uh, through the entirety of the inning. And he saw that and uh, he said to me, well, that makes me uncomfortable to see that. And so it opened a conversation because he's a good buddy of mine. But anytime we bring up faith, he's like, he gets so resistant. He immediately goes into like defensive mode. Hey, don't try to evangelize me. And I said, John, I'm just talking about grace. I'm just talking about forgiveness here. So and I love that there's a little wink and a nod and it was a softer conversation. But some people, no matter you know who they are, there's going to be pushback, Jace. There is. And I, I sometimes I liken it to people are in a store 
you know, people like your friend, they're in a store, they're shopping, they, it's really enjoyable. And I think sometimes the Christian is, is that salesperson who's a little bit bothersome, trying to get them interested in things that they're not. And so what we try to do is just set up the store to serve the shopper, to serve the person who's not quite sure about faith. And, uh, a lot of times people are saying now, like, if I want to learn more about Jesus, I, I could just Google him. Like, I don't need you, like, shouting at me or trying to convince me or persuade me. And so that's what we're trying to do is, like your friend, to they're in control. It's their journey. It's their life. Um, but to be available to them so that when they do want to talk about something or they do want to look for there's something available to them. But it's it's their life, and they're in control of it. Jason, yesterday I was at the ballpark and I was sitting behind three, three men who were probably in their their sixties, yeah. yeah. And um, you know they're you know generally crotchety in their approach. But they were you know, good guys. They were good guys, but they were just sitting there watching the game. And uh, so during the inning, the he gets us, you know, comes up and uh, the message. And uh, one of the guys says, "But there's some like Jesus thing in the outfield." And the other guy says. Well, it's better than 90% of what comes across my computer screen. Mm, mm-hmm. And I thought, no, that's interesting. Yeah. Right? So it's definitely broaching a Jesus conversation that's not just about Jesus, but is also about like how the kinds of messages that come at us. The culture as a whole. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great thing for your listeners to know that this is it's a campaign that on the surface – you know, it just has messages like that, like Jesus still believes the two outs in the ninth, or uh, Jesus forgives errors. What's behind it is is, is just trying to, the, the Jesus that we understand from the Bible, just trying to make him relevant in our lives. There's nothing else behind it. Not trying to convert anybody. There's no particular denomination. It's just trying to start those conversations. And so people that have been following Jesus for a while, when they're at the ballpark or watching a game or just at other places in the community, it pops up all over TV and online, just to be ready to have that conversation with somebody who goes, is that a Jesus ad? And what do they mean by that? And, you know, as a Jesus follower, if you can be ready to carry on a conversation when somebody's interested, uh, that just can be a great opportunity to share your faith with them. Excellent. So it's hegetsus.com. Yeah, Jason? He gets us back home. Nice. I mean, seriously, it's a I, really good job. I love it. I love anything that can help a good conversation get started. And to me, this is the essence of it. Thanks, Jason. Really good yeah. stuff. Thanks, John. Thanks, Kathy. Our pleasure. Jason Vanderground. Uh, he gets us. He gets us.com. You'll see it all over the place. Kath and I were fortunate to see in billboards at PNC Park this past week. It's super cool and uh, invites further conversation in, in inquiry about Jesus Christ. When it comes to higher education, it's worth considering a Christian university or college, one that reaffirms students' faith instead of tearing it down. Research shows that students who attend a Christian college can become significantly more committed to their faith, and that's an important investment to make. You care about the type of people who are teaching the classes and about the content of the courses just as much as you do about the strength of the academics. It matters that Christian faith is supported and shared. Find out about many schools at once by attending the free Christian College Fair with representatives of college 
colleges and universities from across North America. Start planning now. Take advantage of the opportunity to meet with representatives from top Christian colleges throughout the country. Learn about financial aid, scholarship opportunities, and more. Take your first step to a Christian college education at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford, Saturday, September 24th from 11 to 1. That's the Pittsburgh Christian College Fair, Saturday, September 24th at Orchard Hill Church in Wexford from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. More at findyourchristiancollege.com. You ever see those really amazing videos of a salmon swimming upstream? There they are, these beautiful fish literally flying through the air against hard currents on their way to live for the next generation. And life can feel like that sometimes, right? We're all swimming upstream against harsh odds to live another day. And so, in this downturn, these really weird economic times, a cash-out refinance may be the breathing room you need to lighten your load. With newfound money, a cash-out refinance from United Faith Mortgage can help you pay off some debt and give you some money to set aside for a better financial shape. The Faith and Family Mortgage Team at United Faith Mortgage will help you untangle any questions or any anxiety about the process. The small team with the big backing makes United Faith Mortgage the preferred mortgage provider here at Word FM. United Mortgage Corp, Melbourne, New York. And a listener 1330. That's Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Smart businesses are always looking for ways to improve. Better work days can start with CentOS. Your dedicated CentOS service reps help make sure you have what you need when you need it. We'll stock your essential cleaning products, deliver hygienically clean workwear, inspect your fire extinguishers, and provide first aid and safety supplies. Cintas is with you every step of the way, so you stay a step ahead. Visit Cintas.com. Oh, I'm ready! And get ready for the workday. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. There are a ton of social networking websites, but one stands apart for a very special reason. This one saves lives. It's MatchingDonors.com. MatchingDonors.com links organ donors with people in need of kidney and other transplants. In the U.S., 22 people die each day waiting for an organ transplant, most of them for kidneys. If you've ever considered becoming a living organ donor, or if you are someone in need of an organ transplant, visit MatchingDonors.com, home of the greatest gift of all, the gift of life. Visit MatchingDonors.com or call 601-402-9138. Increasing cloudiness tonight. We'll see a shower in spots towards dawn. We'll reach a nighttime low of 59. Humid tomorrow with variable cloudiness. Expect a morning shower in spots, then a heavy thunderstorm late in the afternoon, high 83. Mostly cloudy tomorrow night, a heavy thunderstorm around in the evening, followed by a couple of showers late. Below 61, a passing shower Thursday morning, otherwise breezy and cooler with partly sunny skies, the high only 65. I'm AccuWeather's Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? Bisquick. Bisquick. Oh. No, I'm not a cook, as you all know. Or a baker. No. But I believe it, it, it's it been a shortcut for a lot of people, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I remember my mom used to make uh, pot pies mm-hmm. with a crust all around. I do believe that... The best quick crust? Yeah. Did it make sense then? It made perfect sense. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing like a pot pie with a crust, is there? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say best quick makes sense. It doesn't make sense to you? No, it does not make sense, John. Why? In fact, in thinking about Bisquick today to prepare for this exact segment yeah. that we're in the middle of, yeah. I had to look it up to see what was in it. Oh, no. It's a combination of uh, flour, baking powder, salt, 
uh, shortening. Mm. It just seems like you could just buy those things. Well, there's something about it, though. That is, it's kind of a it's, shortcut, it's right? It's pre-mixed. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. quick. Yeah. It's, it's, biscuits biscuits it's, quick. Right. Flour, shortening, salt, sugar, and baking powder. Yeah. So instead of from scratch, what what is it that makes the shortcut? It just well, it's all just pre- it's all mixed together. And then you add water and, it's, and, and an it's egg? And it's dry shortening. That mm-hmm. can't... I mean, I, I feel like... Have you ever used it? No. Well, as a kid, I used it all the time because that's the only... My mother never baked. Yeah. That's all it was. So if we were baking anything, pancakes... But why would so now I ate a lot of pancakes that had shortening in it. I don't hmm. think that's really necessary. Well, I'm I'm saying yes, Bisquick makes sense. Okay, and I'm saying I don't think it does, John. I All think right. perhaps it's outlived its usefulness. I think maybe you should try to revisit it. I don't know, I'll see. All right, you, you know, the aforementioned vacation, mm-hmm. which I've just come back from. Mm-hmm. Plenty of time sitting at Oceanside. And I'm thinking about tides. Um. Do that's, tides make sense? That no, that's crazy. It's fabulous. I can't believe it's a real thing. It's a definitely a real thing. So, the local monthly newspaper that I, this village is has the daily tides, and what's shocking is, for me, not knowing about the tides, I think, well, there'd be a few minutes difference on either yeah, side, right. like it's, sunset it's, and sunrise. Right. It's, it's kind of like you know a general thing we're right. shooting for. It's not. It's all over the map. One day that, you know, the tide would come in, the early tide, at 10 o'clock. The next day, the tide would be noon or 1230. I mean, deep variations often in high tide and low tide from day to day. So they don't make sense to me. But, of course, it does make sense because it's God's creation and it controls the ebb and flow of this world. But can you believe the moon is controlling that? Yes. Uh, The tides make sense because they keep us regular in an irregular world. Now, Bisquick, that's all the story. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. You know, it's true. Difficult times have a way of focusing us. We have to think about what matters most when it comes to our spending, our health care. No doubt. This is why so many people are joining MediShare right now. MediShare is a trusted way to save up to 50% on your monthly health care costs. More than 400,000 people have already made the switch. It's pretty obvious why, too, especially now during this challenging season with health care costs and out-of-pocket expenses going up. MediShare can save you a lot of money. The typical family saves $500 a month. And MediShare is a Christian health care sharing ministry that's worked beautifully for 29 years. There are different options to choose from to fit your budget. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Maybe now is the perfect time to make the switch and start saving. Here you go. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. International travel is open again. So now is the perfect time for that trip to Israel, the trip of a lifetime. A trip to the Holy Land will bring you face-to-face with one of the most fascinating countries on earth, 
more than just a vacation. This meaningful trip is your opportunity to enjoy the freedom to travel again. Walking the ancient streets of Jerusalem where Jesus walked, sailing the Sea of Galilee, and floating in the mineral-rich Dead Sea with its healing and rejuvenating power. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza, along with our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, personally invite you to experience Israel with them this November. To book your trip to Israel, log on to StandWithIsraelTour.com. That's StandWithIsraelTour.com. Then call 855-565-5519 to secure your spot. Call today, 855-565-5519. Maybe you're an elder in a local congregation or a deacon wanting to serve your church more faithfully. Dr. Barry York on the Master of Theological Studies program at RPTS. The wonderful thing about the MTS degree is you can actually do it all online. So they can take the degree online and grow in that theological ability that will allow them to either teach or work more faithfully in their local congregation. Learn more about the MTS degree program and flexible online options at rpts.edu. The following interview was originally broadcast at an earlier date. Kathy, you have two daughters? I sure do. I have two sons. All four of those children of ours are of dating age, right? Yes. Our producer, Christy, she herself is of dating age. For the life of me, I cannot imagine what it must be like to date today. You and I grew up in a different era. Mm -hmm. Not to say that we're ancient... But times have changed tremendously so. You name it. Kate Warman is with us. Kate is the host of the Heart of Dating podcast and the author of Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transforming Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. She joins us now to talk about dating during this really weird era. Kate, thanks for being with us here today. Hey, John and Kathy. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about my favorite subject. (laughs) Okay. So, Kate, talk about, like, are you being facetious or or do you mean it when you say it's your favorite subject? I really mean it. It's my favorite subject. I love it. You know, our divorce rate is so high these days that I believe the only way we can change that is by having healthier, better dating out there. Yeah, I'm sure you're right about that. I'm sure you're right. Okay, so uh, I've been married for 29 years. And, um, Uh and I got married young. And, uh, so I remember clearly what dating was like when I was dating. Um, but it's funny, I've kind of lost track of what, like, what's it like now out there, I guess is the question I'm trying to ask. (laughs) Well, in the age of COVID and all the things, it is different. Okay. It is. I mean, do you got, can you guys even name right now any dating apps? <laughs> I'm putting you on the spot. I don't want to say it wait, on air. Wait. Yeah, right. Um, Tinder is the only one I can think of. Is that a dating app? There we go. I don't yeah, know yeah, if that's yeah, really yeah. what to call it dating. It's the biggest dating app in the world, actually, but it's also known as a hookup app. But uh-huh. everyone is meeting online these days, which is probably very different from 29 years ago. Yep. In fact, post-COVID, over 50% of people, you guys, meet online. So the world is changing. And then you add in social media. Well, people are now not only meeting on dating apps, but also through social media. I have, I know, recently know tons of people that have met through TikTok, for example, and are now getting married. Really? 
What? Yes, this is this is real. Kate, how does that even work? I mean, to me, like uh, this is not my uh, my my time frame here, but TikTok to me is like cat videos. <laughs> there are cat videos out there. So a friend of mine just actually met a guy from TikTok. They actually got married last month in Greece. Okay, <laughs> this is happening all over the place. He did not do TikTok video or cat videos, but his videos on TikTok were hilarious. Interesting. Okay, so this this age that we're living in, I mean, uh, the old ways were, you know, you, you knew somebody, you met somebody in class or a friend of a friend. Now, Or you went to a bar and a bar, saw them in person. Right, right. Now people are just swiping from one side to another. It feels like, I mean, the idea of a meat market is, is like gone beyond it. Yeah. Yeah, it is a commodity. It, is. It, can, it can become very consumeristic if you're not careful with with how you do dating these days. Because guess what? We're all behind a screen most of the time now dating. So what you guys are talking about is actually, in my opinion, better in ways because we were way more personal. Yeah. And people didn't fear rejection of us because you just went up to somebody. Yeah. And you were used to doing that in real time. But now we're stuck behind a screen and it's way easier to not put yourself out there or avoid hard conversations by everyone's favorite term, ghosting them. <laughs> so you become friends with someone or you date someone and then all of a sudden people disappear. That's ghosting. Yeah, ghosting is basically when somebody, you got on a date with somebody and you think it went really well, but maybe they didn't actually think it went well or they don't want to see you again. And instead of telling you they don't want to see you anymore, they just ghost you. AKA they disappear like a ghost into thin air and you never hear from them again. All right. So, Kate, obviously, as you came in, you said this is a favorite topic of yours. So you are a proponent. I mean, there is some power. There is some positivity in your in your connection here, in your message about dating in the 21st century, especially Christians. Yes, exactly. And I believe that as Christians, which are the majority of people I serve in the area of dating, I believe, and this is what my favorite line is to say in terms of dating, in a world where it is so easy to ghost people, it's so easy to avoid hard conversations, what does it look like, especially as a Christian, to have the goal of dating with joy and integrity and ultimately leaving people better than we found them? Because well, you well, don't you don't have to end up with every person you date, right? But dating becomes horrible, monotonous when you have these heartbreaking situations like ghosting or not communicating clearly, right? And then somebody you just are like, what is happening? And so, what does it look like to date with joint integrity and leave people better than we found them? And I believe, and that's what I'm passionate about helping people to do, and I believe it's possible. Look for the book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. We're talking to author Kate Warman, who's also the host of the Heart of Dating podcast. Um, Kate, every time we talk about dating uh, with our kids, my husband and I come at it from such opposing viewpoints and not that we don't like each other's viewpoint i just envy his viewpoint because i remember when we first met i felt i hated dating i used to say that all the time i hate dating because i felt like i was always on the verge of hurting someone's feelings or i was on the verge of having my feelings hurt and my husband just looked at it as this fun adventure 
Like it was just going to be, you know, let's go out. Let's see what that's like. This could be a horrible experience and it's going to be a great story or I'll meet someone and maybe like he was so fine about it with no emotional entanglement and just, you know, happy to do it. I was a nervous wreck the whole time. Um, Is there one is that are both of those sides familiar to you? Yes, absolutely. I used to be way more like you, and I actually became, through time, way more like your husband, Interesting. actually. <laughs> yeah. And do you feel and more so, healthy being that way? It seems like it would be better. It, it is, because the thing is, when we are putting so much pressure on dating, or when we give the other person we're dating so much power, it becomes mm. a very pressure-filled process yes. where we are like, here's my heart. Will you take care of it? Yeah. But what we should really <laughs> be doing, like, you know, and it's like, I'm like trembling. I'm like, oh, will you take care of it? Right? Like, that's the problem. Yeah. And so, but the reality is, you know, from being married, like no one human person can take care of every single one of our needs, you know? And so there has to be a way that we approach dating, knowing that heartbreak rejection is a part of the process and that we can only do our best to be discerning, to know what we're looking for, to trust ourselves in that process. But love is always going to be at risk. But also within that, like, you have to go into dating know your, knowing your worth and value, irregardless of the, if this person wants to see you again. Like, you have mm-hmm. to know yeah, that's really they're good. not I'm still interested, even if they're not interested. And so I think that's also the game cha- part of the game changer in approaching dating without so much pressure. Right. Okay, but, Kate, what about this? I mean, you would think, that especially in Christendom, a, a large majority of younger women are looking for, you know, marriage where, I mean, and guys, just being guys, they're using the dating thing just to hook up. There's a big gulf there. You're right. There are people. I mean, I tend to avoid the gender stereotypes because I see it in both sides. But here's the thing. For the ladies, I want to call out the ladies because I actually think the ladies are, we need to help both ladies and guys, right? I think the ladies need to actually take a deep breath and stop putting so much pressure on the man on a first date to figure out if this is the man I'm going to marry. I need to figure out, <laughs> oh, yeah. picture my first, you know, like yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. already sitting there trying to picture my first name with his last name. I'm picturing, <laughs> asking him all these questions, figuring That's... out his 401k. Would he be a good father of my children? Yeah. We got to calm down. We got to calm down. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's, good. That's really good. That's really good. Um, okay. So, and again, we're talking to Kate Warman. She's the host of the Heart of Dating podcast. Kate, what do you feel like um, is the biggest pitfall? Like, I'm sure there are good and bad things about dating the way it is right now versus pre-internet dating, which is what John and I did. Not when we were dating each other, but when we were meeting our, our respective uh, spouses. So what are the good and bad things about how it's done today? So I think the good thing is today that what a gift that uh, technology is, that it's not just we marry the person down the street or the person in our vicinity, but we have access to meeting people all across the country. I'm actually now engaged, and the way I met my fiancé was on a Zoom call, Hmm. and he lived in Seattle, okay? So I would have virtually never met him if it wasn't for technology. (laughs) So... That's a beautiful part of, I feel, dating these days is we have so much more potential of people that we can get connected with. The downside of it is, like I said, I find it 
sometimes it can be very impersonal. And it's very easy to be selfish with communication because you can just hide behind the screen and you can treat somebody as subhuman. If you don't have the perspective, mm. like I said earlier, of leaving people better than you found them. That's because great. if that's your goal, then you're not going to go someone. You're going to have a hard conversation, you know? Right. Okay, because it is such a numbers game, I mean, I mean, if somebody just wanted to, they could date somebody new every every day of the week if they wanted to, right? And so in your own life, and I think, you know, you're offering people uh, advice at your podcast, Say you meet someone and you go on a date and you kind of go, okay, well, I mean, I'm not sure about his 401k, but it, it felt, you know, pretty, pretty relaxed here. I think I might go on date two and then take date two. Well, that was kind of fun. I do date three or four or five. And then, you know, this may have some legs here. There's a possibility that we might, you know, go further with this. At what point is there for both parties? You kind of go, Okay, I've seen you six or seven times. I've got lots of opportunities around me, but I think I'm going to narrow this field down tremendously. And I'm going to say, you know, we're exclusive. Is there like a, you know, is there like a wisdom line where you go, we weren't exclusive to where we are exclusive? You know, there's not a one size fit all process, but what I recommend is see someone over the period of 60 to 90 days. Get to really know someone and start building trust. And in, within the trust, then you can see if you can rely on somebody. If you genuinely know someone, trust them to an extent and can rely on them, then you can add in the commitment factor, which to me should mm. be roughly around 60 to 90 days. But, okay, when you say trust someone, describe, you know, what does trust look like in the dating environment? Yeah, and I think that's individualized. Like, well, do you, can you actually... Um, are you willing to share your needs with them, and how do they handle that? Are you are you willing to be vulnerable with them to an extent, and how do they handle your vulnerability? And so, you can you do you see? Do are they a person of their word? If they say they're going to be here or make a date with you at this time, do they show up with you yeah. for you? And do they actually have a plan? Like, are they a person of their word? Okay, that's good. All right, so what about, you know, um, like the old days where there was like, you know, the matchmakers? I mean, I I know that if you wanted to spend money, people could like, you know, go to the heart of the matter and have like, not a stata baba, but, you know, a more, you know, sort of a a smaller, narrower search of, I'm not trying to be snobbish here, but like, you know, a a higher level of a candidate who might be acceptable. (laughs) (laughs) Higher level of a candidate. You know what I'm saying, right? I mean, right? Everybody wants to increase their odds. They kind of think... This guy's not a loser. I've got a shot at somebody. Yeah. Well, matchmaking is still a great tool out there. You just are going to spend a lot of money to make it happen. Here's my favorite modern-day way to matchmake is ask people to be set up. Because if you are asking for setups by somebody you know and genuinely trust, Mm -hmm. then that's probably a great opportunity. They may know someone awesome. But here's the thing with setup. My last piece of advice with setups, don't just make the ask. Make sure you follow up with the ask because if it's your priority to date, it's not their priority to find you somebody. So you need to follow up with that person. If they said, oh, yeah, I'll think about it or I might have someone in mind, follow up with them. That's the only way I have had so many setups in my life because I not only asked for them, but then followed up with them. Mm, that's good. That's good. Oh, so it's not, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah, that's the adage again, is it not? Right? Yeah, yeah. Kate, it was super fun to meet you. Thanks for being here today. That's good.
Thank you, John and Kathy. This is so fun. Yeah, the pleasure's been ours. Listen, uh, this is cool. Kate Warman, she is the host of the Heart of Dating podcast. Check that out. And her book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, Transform Pain into Purpose and Learn to Fight for Yourself. Go, Kate. Very nice. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. Bachman's Roofing and Solar is your local award-winning roofer. Stop waiting. It's time to inspect your roof and protect your home's number one asset. With no interest and no payment financing for 12 months, Bachman's Roofing is your easy choice for roofing, gutters, and solar. Did you know Bachman's Roofing is one of the number one GAF solar integrated roofing installers in the USA? Go with Bachman's. Go with solar and install the roof that pays for itself. Call 412-744-8390 or visit bachmansroofing.com. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat, one of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things, or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. I did a site visit, and the space is absolutely incredible. Estes Reiki Clinic is opening another studio across town. But there's a lot to wrap up. But staffing an entire office requires more than just deep breathing. And at least four new practitioners. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Looking for a second income, a great way to give back to your community? Consider NAMS Transportation, providing safe transportation to Northern Allegheny and Pittsburgh seniors for over 40 years. Offering flexible day, evening, and weekend schedules. Perfect for retirees. Van drivers start at $17 an hour. Sedan drivers at $14 an hour. Plus, part-time drivers get a $2,000 signing bonus. Must be 25 or older. No CDL required. Call 412-406-8611 today. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. We were talking uh, at the beginning of the show about yesterday's funeral for the Queen and how I, I can't imagine, of course, God can do anything. We will not see the likes of that as a proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide. I don't know when we'll see that again. And, and the only reason we did see it, of course, which is the major reason, is because Queen Elizabeth herself was a devout believer. And so she, along with her staff, 
I'm sure many years ago, put together this service. And it really, it showed the queen as the woman, as a lover of God, as a lover of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I mean, one of the things, I think it was the the Bishop of Canterbury Mm -hmm. said that the queen, Elizabeth, had an uncomplicated and profound Christian faith. Mm. Oh, that's a wonderful thing to say about someone, isn't it not? Oh, my gosh. An it's uncomplicated a... and profound Christian faith. I like the uncomplicated part. Yes. A lot of people make it very complicated. Of course, you can. We all make it complicated, right? right? Yeah, I. Um, in watching it, I, I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. I expected that there would nobody does the pomp and you know majesty of anything like the Brits do. Right. They have got it down. So I expected that I would see that, um, and I had already seen the procession of uh, the casket going from um, the palace down to Westminster, to, Abbey. To Westminster Hall, mm-hmm. where it was going to lie in state, um, and that was very, very beautiful and stately. But watching the service and just the Jesus-centeredness of it was so shocking to mm-hmm. me. I mean, I, of course, we don't. Our heads of state are not the heads of the church, so it's different here. But the queen was. Wow. So, and I meant to to read about this because I know nothing about this. So, excuse my ignorance. But I'm, I need to talk about it anyway. The orb, yeah, with the cross. Uh, I mean, that's like something out of a science the Middle fiction. Ages. It's 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 this beautiful and intriguing. I mean, it's shocking again. This yeah. round edifice with a cross on top that says that you're the head of the Church of England. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot wrong with. The church and the state being that aligned a lot. Most things. Undoubtedly. Most things, in my opinion, are wrong about that. But she doesn't have the power, but she does. Well, she does. Yeah. I mean, mean, going back and looking at the different rulers of England. They did. They did. But not, but much, much less. Much less now. And yet you still are, you know, you're still the head of the church. I don't know. I, anyway. Without commenting on that, because I just don't know uh, enough to be able to talk in any way that would be helpful to anybody about that. I can say that as a person, if that was a funeral that I went to of anybody that I knew and just not the pomp and and I hate to say circumstance of it, but, you know, the pageantry of it without that, just the readings and the music and everything, I would have been every bit as touched as I was because she was the Queen of England. It was an absolutely God-centered 58 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it was 58 minutes because at her father's coronation, when she was eight years old, she was so bored that she said (laughs) when she was playing the funeral, this will not be more than an hour Mm. because I'm not going to have people sit there and do this for longer. Okay. So you saw the funeral at Westminster Abbey. Yes. And then they took the hearse, or they took the casket, and they moved through the streets of London. And then I, I saw that. How about the Royal Navy pulling it? Was oh, that beautiful? And, everything. And, and, and then what I loved was that long march 
up the hill to the castle. Up and the that's, the, that's the part. Once I saw them get to the castle and then I didn't see the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I saw what was happening and I was like, this is going to unfold in some m- m- magisterial way and I can't miss it. So I needed to take a shower. So I ran upstairs quickly, took a shower while they started a long walk up the hill. And by the time my shower was done and I was over, I came back, they were still walking slowly up the hill. Again, I just, you know, God works in incredible ways. That gospel was heard yeah, yesterday. Yeah, it was, certainly was proclaimed yesterday. Yeah. By how many people? It was. And so just as we're having this conversation, my guess is people went to bed last night thinking about mm-hmm. the God of the universe, about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father. And there were many questions. I hope so. That were left unanswered that will find their way into the hearts and minds of women and men around the world. I truly believe yeah. that. For me, the highlight of the service was the reading of 1 Corinthians 15, which was done absolutely so beautifully by the Secretary General of the Commonwealth, I think. She did such a fabulous job. If you're listening to us talk about this and you are wondering what the gospel is, check out 1 Corinthians 13. You can find it in your Bible. This is Carol Platt-Lebow for townhall.com. With the death of Queen Elizabeth II, The United Kingdom and the world have lost a very unique... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.